most of you know, but I am a furniture maker. That's my day job. Uh, I am in a workshop and I make uh, furniture, make solid timber furniture. And one of the things that people often ask me, uh, they often ask me, Matt, what's your favourite part of the furniture making process? You know, taking from sort of boards right through to the end. What's your favourite part of the journey? And it's, a, it's actually a hard question for me because genuinely, I'm not just saying this, I really do love just about every step of the process. Um, there, there's something to me, at least, that's captivating about every step of the process. But there's one part of the furniture making process that gets me every time. And it's the first step. Uh, the, the, the timber that I, that I buy in and that I use comes what we call rough sawn. So it's just been rough sawn at a sawmill and it's all sort of hairy and furry and it's usually a fairly plain kind of colour. You can't really tell anything about it. And, and the first step in the process is to, uh, um, is to start to flatten that timber. So the first thing it does is it goes over a machine that, uh, that just takes off that outside layer, that furry, messy uh, outside layer. And when it comes out of that machine, the timber is transformed from being sort of lifeless and discoloured and all of a sudden you can see the colour and the grain in the timber and I love that part. It's, it's for me, it's, it's almost like sort of discovering buried treasure. You know, you take this, these old boards and all of a sudden what comes out, you look at it and you go, wow, I never knew what was inside that timber. We're in the second part of a series that we're calling Hidden Treasure uh, here. Uh, we're saying that the writers of the Bible uh, talk often about treasure. And sometimes when the writers of the Bible talk about treasure, they're talking about uh, actual, you know, sort of silver and gold and things. But often when they talk about treasure, uh, they're talking about a different kind of treasure. Uh, Jesus himself uses the word treasure as an analogy uh, to talk about God and the things of God. Um, he talks about having treasure in heaven. Um, he says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Um, in Jesus' world, discovering treasure, finding buried treasure, was like winning the lotto uh, is today, right? It was, that, it was that thing that everyone dreamed about. It was that what if, it was the conversation uh, the kids had at school when they would say, you know, what would you do if you found buried treasure? Like we would say today, you know, imagine what would you do if you won the lottery? Finding buried treasure, finding treasure was a thing in Jesus' day. It was the thing of dreams. And that got me thinking, uh, and in the setup to this series, got me thinking because I'm not sure how you think about God, but my guess is, and my sort of observation is that not many of us think about God like we think about winning the lottery. You know, maybe we go to church, uh, maybe, we're, maybe we're part of a small group, uh, you know, we might read our Bibles, we might pray, um, but it's not exactly the language, it's not exactly the lifestyle of winning the lottery for most of us, is it? And so well, we've said that the purpose of this series is to go treasure hunting to kind of dig into what the Bible says about treasure, because maybe, just maybe, we're missing something. You know, maybe when Jesus talks about finding God like finding treasure, and we talk about going to church like, well, I've got nothing better to do on a Sunday morning uh, or a Wednesday night, maybe we're missing something. 
Last week we looked at a short story Jesus told, literally just a, a single verse story that Jesus told about discovering God uh, like discovering buried treasure. And Jesus says that, um, that when you discover God like that, when, when you discover God, it's like discovering uh, treasure buried in a field. And when you, uh, when you realize how valuable, to, valuable it is, how really truly valuable it is, you would sell everything you had to get that treasure. You'd realize just that that treasure is worth everything. Today, we're going to sort of switch gears a bit and our treasure hunt is going to take us into the life of Paul and into something that he wrote uh, a couple of decades after the life and the death of Jesus. So grab your shovels, open your Bible, and we're going to go treasure hunting. Um, so we're going to start in uh, the book of 2 Corinthians. If you've got a paper Bible, you go about two-thirds through and you find uh, the boys' names, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And after that, there's a big book of Acts, another big book of Romans, and then there's two books of Corinthians, <clears throat> called 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. We're in the second one of those. <clears throat> Paul was just a student uh, when Jesus was executed and resurrected. But sometime after the resurrection of Jesus, Paul had a powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit. God showed up in Paul's life in a really sort of unannounced way. And uh, Paul truly discovered the kind of hidden treasure that Jesus was talking about last week. Paul discovered that in his own life and it turned his life around. Paul did literally uh, kind of sell everything he had to follow Jesus, to, 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 uh, um, uh, to get a hold of and to follow this treasure. Um, in fact, Paul was, Paul was sort of so committed to this um, that he would spend the rest of his life, this treasure was so valuable to him that he would spend the rest of his life traveling around uh, the world just sharing uh, the good news of Jesus, just sharing with people and talking with people about who Jesus is. And we're going to read, uh, sorry, so, so one of um, the churches, uh, Paul set up a bunch of churches, right? So he would go into a city, he would share about the good news of Jesus. And as people began to believe in him, he would draw them together and they would become a church. So when we say that Paul set up churches, he didn't buy buildings and write constitutions and employ staff. He helped small gatherings of people meet together in homes and live out their faith. That's what the very first churches look like. And Paul repeated this process all across the world. And one of the cities, one of the cities that Paul did this in was the city of Corinth. It's a city that still exists today. You can type it into Google Maps, Corinth, and you'll find it's a, a, a city on the coast of Greece. A number of years after Paul sets up this church, he writes a letter, actually writes two letters back to this church. And there, we've got copies of those letters. They're in our Bible and they're called the letters of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. About 56 AD, Paul writes the second letter back to the Corinthians, a letter to encourage them and to teach them more about the things of God. And that's the letter we're going to read today. So we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I'm going to read to you from verse 6. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts 
to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this surpassingly great power is from God and not from us. God made his light shine in our hearts. In the Bible, when the, when the writers of the Bible talk about light, uh, light is a, a symbol, if you like, for the presence of God. Light represents God's holiness. It represents his purity, but it also represents the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Uh, which he used that same sort of phrase today. You know, we sort of our minds were illuminated. We talk about light uh, as a connection to sort of knowledge. Um, and Paul tells his readers that uh, that God's light shines in our hearts. It's his way of saying that the presence of God lives inside a Christian person. And you're just sitting here nodding and going, "That's cool," but I want that is massive news. That is unbelievable, drop the mic news, that the presence of God, the God who created the universe, who, who created and sustains everything, lives in us. That is the most unbelievable news that there is. Now, Paul is saying that when you become a Christian, something changes on the inside. It's not just a mental decision that you make. It's not just deciding to believe that Jesus was a person who lived and died and not a figment of someone's imagination. It's not just a, a mental decision that you make, that something changes on the inside. That the Spirit of God comes to live in you. And Paul says it's like taking treasure and putting it in jars of clay. And to understand this, we need to understand something about what clay meant in the time that Paul wrote. See, in Paul's day, clay, clay was common. Clay was the substance of the poor and the common. The poor cooked and ate out of clay. Wealthy people cooked and ate out of silver and gold and other precious metals. But the poor cooked and ate from clay. So for Paul to say that something's put in a jar of clay, it's a way of saying it was put into the most common and the most ordinary kind of container that they could find. It would be like us today saying that we grabbed something and we put it in an old cardboard box. So here's what Paul's saying. And if you're taking notes or writing things down, you want to write what I'm about to say now uh, down because this should change your life. Paul is saying that while you might be ordinary, while you might look and feel ordinary and common on the outside, that there is treasure inside of you and that that treasure is the Spirit of God in you. He says that treasure is the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. He's saying if you are a Christian, the glory of God lives in you. It doesn't matter how ordinary you look 
and feel on the outside. It doesn't matter how unwealthy or untalented or unsexy or unwhatever you think you are on the outside, that the glory of God lives inside you. And if you're a Christian, that should blow your mind. That should be the moment where you want to metaphorically or physically kind of fall to your knees and shake your head and say, oh my God, literally, oh my God, I can't believe it. That you would come and live in someone like me. That you would want to come and live with me. That the glory of God, the glory of God would be inside me as an ordinary common person is mind-blowing for the Christian. But most of us don't drop to our knees, do we? Most of us don't put our hands on our head and say, wow. And I think I know why. I think it's because most of us spend more time focused on the outside than we do on the inside. Most of us Uh, are more focused on what we look like and what we project on the outside than the treasure that is on the inside. Most of us uh, spend more time worrying about how good we look on the outside than what's going on on the inside. And I want to say, if that's you, this isn't a guilt thing. You're not alone. This isn't new. In fact, this happened way back. This happened in the time of Jesus. The, the religious leaders, they were the, they were the important, they were the cool people in the time of Jesus. But they were way more worried about how they looked on the outside. They were way more worried about who they hung out with, what they ate, what they were wearing, how other people were perceiving them, than they were about what was going on in their hearts. And Jesus went to town on them for that. Listen to the words that Jesus speaks to them in Matthew 23. He says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. He says, you're like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside they're full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. He says, woe to you. Another translation says, how terrible it will be for you. He says, you're like a fancy tomb. You look awesome on the outside. You're all flash on the outside. You're all beautiful on the outside. But like a tomb, on the inside, there's just death and deadness and emptiness. And Paul wants to tell you, Paul wants to tell you what he learned from Jesus, that it's what's on the inside that counts. It's what's on the inside of you that's important, not what you project and what you look like and what you do on the outside. There's hidden treasure in all of us. And that treasure is God in us. And I just want to be clear that Paul isn't saying you're awesome on the inside. I don't want you to miss this because sometimes when you hear this, you can hear this like people saying, you know what, you're beautiful on the inside. You're amazing. That's not what Paul's saying. Paul isn't saying you're fantastic inside. Paul's saying, no, 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 you're just a jar of clay. 
the treasure inside you is the spirit of God. Do you see the difference? I don't want you to miss this. This isn't some kind of nice, feel-good self-help with someone saying, you're really beautiful on the inside. This is God saying, this is God saying, my presence is in you. That's the treasure. That's the wonder that lives and that exists inside a Christian person. He's saying there is extraordinary potential in you. There is, there is a capacity in you to love to sacrifice. There is a generosity in you. There is, there is power and joy and peace and patience and kindness in you, not because of you, not because you're amazing or you're special, but because God lives in you. How good is that? We live in a world that thinks that what's on the inside of us is a reflection of what's on the outside of us, don't we? That's why we think that people who are that they're beautiful people and wealthy people and famous people. That's why we kind of uh, secretly in our minds, we want to be their friends and we want to be around them and we want to be like them because we get tricked into thinking that what's on the outside is what's on the inside. But for Paul, he says that for a follower of Jesus, the exact opposite is true. The exact opposite is true for someone who follows Jesus. He says, it's what's on the inside that counts. It's what's on the inside of you. That's where the treasure is, not what's on the outside. You can look totally ordinary on the outside and still have treasure inside you. He's saying, you don't need to be beautiful. You don't need to be wealthy. You don't need to be powerful. You don't need to be influential. You don't need to be anything to impact this world for God because it's what's on the inside of you that is going to count, not those things that are on the outside. For some of us, that is good news. You know what I'm saying? Some of us get stuck on what we look like on the outside. So some of us need to change our thinking. Some of us need to reprogram our view of ourselves. Some of us, uh, some of us need to delete the program that's in us that says, it's what's on the outside of me that counts. And, and, and instead, we need to upload what Paul's saying about us. We need to upload the reality that there is treasure inside you, that if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're sitting here this morning and you said yes to Jesus in your life, the reality is that there is treasure inside you. You don't need to do anything for that. You don't need to go find that. You don't need to ask for that. That happens as a gift, as a grace gift from God. At the moment that you say yes to Jesus, his treasure is inside you. And some of us just need to make a decision that that is the reality about our lives. It's not a feeling. This isn't, this, it doesn't matter how you feel about yourself in regards to this. It's a decision that says, this is who I am. This is what's inside me. Regardless of what I feel, this is what's inside me. Because it's from the Spirit of God, not from me. Some of us need to change our thinking. And some of us just need to start living like this is true. Some of us need to start loving others like we've got God's love inside us. Some of us need to start sharing our faith 
because we've got the good news of Jesus inside us. Some of us need to start living generously like we've got the abundance of God inside us. Some of us need to start living courageously like we've got the power of God inside us because we do. This isn't about you. This isn't about you saying, you know what, I can do it. This isn't one of those talks. This is about realising that God can do it, that God wants to do it through you. You're just the jar. Does that make sense? You're just a thing that's going to get God to be where he needs to be. It's not up to you to change someone's life. It's just up, up to you to, to, to kind of be the vessel that God can do his thing through, the, the glory of God in you and through you. I mean, imagine what our lives would look like if we really grasped this truth. I mean, imagine the confidence, the confidence that living out this truth would give us. Imagine in your life having a confidence that wasn't based on how you look. Imagine having a confidence that wasn't dependent on what you were wearing. And if this shirt is cool or not. I like it, but you know. Imagine having a confidence that wasn't dependent on who you're hanging out with, on who's in your social circles, on how many likes you got on that post. When you understand what Paul's saying, you can live with a confidence that comes from knowing that God lives in you. It doesn't matter what you think about me. It doesn't matter how I look. It doesn't matter who likes me. It doesn't matter what job I have. It doesn't matter what trajectory my career's on. It doesn't matter how much money I've got. It doesn't matter what car I drive. It doesn't matter what house I live in. It doesn't matter what holidays I go in. It doesn't matter on who I date or who I marry. My life might not look like much on the outside, but there's treasure inside me. There's treasure inside you. And we can live with a confidence based not on what's on the outside of us, but we can live with a confidence based on the treasure that is within us. When you say yes to God, the glory of God, the presence of God comes to live in you like treasure in an old cardboard box 